We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Roadwire NBA podcast, playoff edition. Nick Whalen here with Alex Barutha. Uh, Alex, you are you're heading out. You're, you're getting over to DC for a long weekend uh, after this, so not doing our usual Tuesday Thursday schedule this week. Uh, but this this is totally good because it gives us a chance to preview what could be the final games between the Heat and Knicks and the Lakers and the Warriors. We'll get Game Five in both of those series tonight. And I, I'm really glad we could talk about the two games that we saw last night because both technically turned into blowouts, but I, I still had a lot of fun watching Phoenix and Denver. Uh, that second half by the Nuggets was just a complete avalanche. And then, you know, Philly beating Boston the way that it did. Uh, it ended up being a 12-point differential at the end, but the, the Sixers were winning this game by, it felt like, 16-20 to 20 for most of the night. That, to me, was probably the single most surprising result of the entire playoffs. And I'm including the Bucks Heat series. I, uh, that, wow. Uh, I, I mean, I thought the Celtics were going to win this game last night, although I did like Philly plus eight. I was not expecting this. I mean, I would, you know, again, I thought there was a chance Philly would win this game, but 115 to 103, and there was garbage time in the fourth. Uh, Peyton Pritchard, I believe, came in very early in the fourth quarter, <laughs> uh, got nine minutes of run in this game to tell you exactly yeah. how that went. Uh, but no, I mean, this was, this was, I think, just as bad of a Celtics performance as it was good of a, of a Philly performance uh, watching this game. It, I, I felt like the Celtics just lacked a kind of like playoff intensity. The closeouts weren't there. They didn't really seem uh, like they were interested in like trying to break up the Harden and bead pick and roll, who was just kind of getting free for as many of these mid rangers as he wants. Like obviously that, that's a tough shot to stop, but it just uh, the lack of intensity was especially concerning for the Celtics. I think you noticed that, and I, I think the fans in Boston noticed that as well. Uh, the Celtics got booed off the court to end the third quarter, which is tough to do in a playoff game. Uh, maybe slightly less tough to do in Boston than other cities, but uh, they get booed off the court. They come back. They actually made 
there were a couple times in the fourth quarter where it got a little uncomfortable, where it felt like, okay, if Philly misses one more shot here, if they turn it over and Boston hits a three, you know, all of a sudden this could be a, an eight or a nine point game and it could get a little bit dicey, but Philly had an answer every time Tyrese Maxey had maybe the best game of his career, given the circumstances, 30 and seven for him, six of 12 from three. Uh, and Bede was fine. I know after the game, he said he didn't think he played all that well. He's 10 of 23, but uh, you know, got his, his, his 33 points, seven rebounds, four blocks. Uh, Going to go down as a quiet night on paper for James Harden, but I, I thought he played really well early in this game. And you know, they just didn't really need him to do all, all that much the rest of the way. He was kind of more of a, a facilitator as the night went on. Uh, James Harden double-double, by the way, was plus 160 last night, Alex. And you would know this if you listen to the Rotowire NBA show on Sirius XM from 7 to 7.30 p.m. Eastern. We were all over this. He just uh, he just snuck in with the 10 assists. But you're right. I mean, I think Harden, you know, despite what we saw out of him in game one, I think does thrive as a distributor these days, which makes sense. I mean, with the team around him, you know, like the, the way he drops like perfect passes to Embiid, um, he knows how to get the ball to Tucker and, and Maxi. Only had two turnovers. I mean, 17 and 10 with two turnovers on eight shots is an amazing game from James Harden. And the this was a pretty low turnover game in general. I mean, 76ers had nine, uh, Boston had eight. But Harden, uh, you know, he's, he's still pretty up and down, but he's he's looked pretty good in the series overall. He really has. I mean, the the down games have been very down and the good games have been very good, which is the James Harden experience. Right. And I, I think I think his highs in this series have been higher than I thought he was capable of. I'll say that. I mean, the, the 45 points without Embiid in game one, like if Philly wins the series, you know, we're, we're going to be prone to recency bias. And we'll probably talk about this game. Um, you know, and if they if they win game six in Philly, that'll be the closer. That'll be a big story. But to me, you know, Philly stealing that game without Embiid in game one when nobody was giving them a chance and Harden being basically the sole reason. Uh, to, to me, that that's kind of the lasting memory of this series for Harden, at least right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there's a really strong chance we're going to see some uh, some Eastern Conference Finals, James Harden. I'd be really curious to see how the how the Heat handle. I mean, right now it looks like it's going to be Heat 76ers. Unless, I mean, do you think the Celtics are going to end up winning the series? I mean, I think it's possible. I just, I, I wouldn't bet on it. Well, it's definitely point. possible. I, I don't know if I would bet it. We'll we'll get into that on the Road to NBA NBA night, but I. You know, I, I think we're we're prone to swinging back and forth on these narratives pretty dramatically. And we talked about this on the pod yesterday with Lakers Warriors. Like, I don't think that series is over either. Uh, everybody's you know kind of starting to, to coordinate the Lakers and look ahead to a Lakers Nuggets West Finals. Like, yeah, I mean, the Lakers have three chances. They should win one of the next three. Uh, do I do I think it's a lock? No. I mean, I, I think I think Golden State probably wins tonight, and then it sets the Lakers up for basically what feels like a must win game all of a sudden in Game Six. So I, I think people forget that like these series. You know, they're, they're, if you take like a 3-0 lead, yeah, you're, you're probably good. History suggests you're going to be just fine. But like people were acting last night like Boston had, had just lost a, a game seven at home. I mean, right. they, they're, they're favored on the road in game six. No, I mean, I don't uh, – I, I think we might be of like the, the lowest tier of like reactionaries who are <laughs> like do NBA podcasts. But um, yeah. I, I expect the 76ers to win the series at this point. I just – you asked me on the show earlier today, like, do you like do you trust this Philly team? I don't trust this Boston team. Um, like I don't think either of these teams have given us a lot to to be trustworthy in these playoffs. But True. um the fact so to me, just the fact that Philly's up three two gives them the advantage. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, of course it does, just like the Lakers being up three one does, but 
I think, you know, if, if and when Golden State wins tonight, like I said, it, it all comes down to that one game six and there are no guarantees in the NBA playoffs. So like you know, Philly should, in my opinion, should be a slight favorite to win game six at home, uh, but they're not. And if they lose that, it goes to a game seven in Boston and the Celtics will be favored. And this, this game will just kind of be lost as long as Boston wins that game seven. So like, I, I'm not trying to argue with the math. It's like, yes, Philly should be favored to win right. the series. And they are the Lakers should be heavy favorites. They're up three, one, and they are, but uh, you know, these are not all time bulletproof teams that we could just say, yeah, there's no way they're letting them back in. Like the Lakers remade their team two months ago. We have no idea what they're going to look like in a scenario like this going up against like maybe the most trustworthy team in recent history in the Warriors. And, you know, I, the Sixers are a fun story. I, I kind of want James Harden to reverse this narrative on his career because it's become ty- kind of tiring. I don't like, when have we ever been able to trust doc rivers and James Harden? Now they're together. What have we ever been able to trust them in this position? So like, I, I just, I don't think we can start talking like this series is over yet by any means. No, I don't think so either. Um, but I've, Philly's been a great team all season. I, I think I, I think from the jump, so so some of this it's tough because Embiid being hurt, like the seventy or the Boston really blew it, losing Game One in, in this series. Um, because with the full strength Sixers versus a full strength uh, Celtics, like I think the series is like the talent of these teams. I think is more even than a lot of people think it is. Like I think people lean really heavily Boston. I think it's just a little too tilted yeah. in that in that direction. I think you're right. And I think the other thing is that Embiid just hasn't looked that hurt. You know, I, I think, you know, if, if Embiid was lumbering around or his minutes were limited or he was just clearly wasn't himself, then yes, the advantage would be firmly uh, in Boston's direction. But like coming into the season, I would have said like Embiid and Tatum, they're very different players, of course, but they're basically on the same level. The NBA regular season has come and gone, which means it's time for a new way to play daily fantasy basketball for the playoffs. Rival fantasy. Is the fantasy platform reinventing the way daily and weekly games are played. And they brought three new games to the ballpark this year that fantasy players won't find anywhere else. With unique games like Fantasy Bingo, head-to-head player challenges, and over-unders in Fantasy Book, Daily Fantasy has never been better. Right now, Rotowire listeners can get a $50 protected first play. That means if you win your first play, you keep your winnings. But if you lose your first entry, Rival Fantasy will fully refund you up to 50 bucks. Go to play.rivalfantasy.com slash signup. Again, that's play.rivalfantasy.com slash signup and use our code RotoWireNBA, all one word, RotoWireNBA. Use that at signup and deposit a minimum of $25 to get your first entry on Rival protected up to $50. Now's the time to step onto the court and become a rival today. Welcome to the arena. That That's kind of another low-key storyline coming out of this is like, Tatum's counting stats have looked fine. I mean, he's averaging 27, 11, and 5. So it's, it's hard to really kill the guy. You know, 1.2 steals, 1.4 blocks. But hasn't it felt like kind of a, a second consecutive, like, overall eh playoffs from Tatum? Like, I, I saw somebody tweeting last night that, you know, Jalen Brown has closed the gap between him and Jason Tatum. I think that's true. But it, to me, it's mostly because Jason Tatum has kind of leveled off. I think so. And I think some of it, too, is like, the te- like the defense is going to focus on stopping Tatum and then the secondary yeah. defenders are going to be on Brown. But I think, I mean, your initial point is I I'm completely with you. Like, you know, early to start the season and even like preseason, it's like, well, you know, Tatum's in the MVP conversation and you know, he's leading, he's the number one option on a team that could very much be the number one seed. But 
out of all these guys who were sort of like in the discussion, quote unquote, he has looked the least MVP like of of Jokic, of mm-hmm. uh, uh, of Embiid. It's kind of hard to say with Giannis because he got hurt. Um, and he, you, I mean, you know, it's Doncic is. I mean, Doncic is just out of it at this point. But yeah, I, he just he does look like a like non MVP guy right now. I think part of it is the standard is just so high. You know, like all the guys that we just rattled off are like, you know, guys that have a chance to be like one of the 25 best players ever. Uh, so right. it's tough, you know, it's not really even a knock on Tatum, but it's, you know, it's, it's like maybe, you know, maybe he just settles in like the fourth to eighth best player in the league range, which is still really, really good. And it's still hall of fame trajectory, all NBA all-star every year. Um, but you know, he just hasn't, I think we're kind of waiting for that, that one series or that one moment. Like, wait, like I want him to, to do what Devin Booker was doing in this series up until last night. Yeah, he shouldn't. He shouldn't have to do that, but that's like he, he's the kind of guy. It's like, well, we need that from you. We're gonna need that from right. you on probably like if if this is a seven game series, we need you to be that guy on probably two of these nights um, to make that happen. And um, for posterity in the playoffs so far, um, averaging twenty seven points on forty five percent shooting, thirty three percent from three, eleven boards, five assists. Um, like he's playing, I mean, he's playing really well. He's a high volume guy, but it just has not felt like next level from him. For what it's worth, he turned 25 in March. I still think he'll get there. Like I would, I would bank on him having many of those series over the course of his career where we look back and say, man, this guy might be one of the best players in the league. Uh, like I, I'm just pulling out, I'm looking at like Kevin Durant's career series by series, uh, but Kevin Durant in 2011. So this would have been the year before they made the finals um, roughly the same age as, as Jason Tatum, uh, Kevin Durant, they, the, the thunder lost in five to the eventual champion Dallas Mavericks. Katie averaged 28, nine and four, but 42% shooting 23% from three. So I, I also think, you know, we, we think of Kevin Durant as this guy who's like never had a bad playoff series, but you know, early in his career, much like pretty much every superstar, um, you know, it happens to anybody. So I, I, I don't, I don't think like Jason Tatum being a little underwhelming, is necessarily indicative of like, all right, that's just who he is forever. No, I agree. I mean, I think, I mean, he's still got a multi-year runway until his prime. And I think for him, it's, I mean, he, he's already a very complete player. And so it's hard. I think that's what people are sort of, um, I think that's why people are a little down on Tatum in general is because he, he, he looks like a finished product, but I think your point, your point stands like Durant, you know, like Durant didn't average uh, five assists a game until he was 25 years old. You know, like he, like he's, he's later in his career. I think he became a better defender. Like there's still stuff Tatum is going to improve at. I think Tatum is just so gifted physically, you know, that it's just, he has such a high floor, even when he's not playing well. It's like when you're, when you're that athletic, you're six, nine, you can handle, you know, he's great on defense at this point in his career. He's becoming a better passer. It, it is it is tough to find the ways to improve. I mean, you, you improve on the margins, and eventually that adds up to to something larger. But uh, I don't know. Anyway, I don't, I don't want to jump on Tatum too much. I just, you know, 11 of 27 last night, 3 of 11 from 3. Uh, Celtics were 12 of 38 as a team, and Peyton Pritchard hit two of those. <laughs> Sam Hauser hit one in garbage <laughs> time. So they were, I mean, they were shooting worse through the, the part of this game that actually mattered. And, you know, Philly wasn't really great from three either. Like Tyrese Maxey and, and Tobias Harris, you could argue, were kind of the only two guys who had, like, really good games offensively. And even Maxey, you know, didn't even shoot 50% from the field. Harden was was really effective in his role. But 
you know, I, I think if you're Boston, Harden taking eight shots, you're, you're usually okay with that. Although he didn't get to the line 10 times, which, you know, James Harden doesn't really do all that often these days. I, I believe he was fouled on two three-point attempts, though. So that's, I mean, that's six attempts right there. Right. At the same time, when you're playing the 76ers, it feels like you just pencil in and Began Harden for like 20 combined free throw attempts. That's kind of what they were this season. I mean, during the regular season, at least. But you just think during the playoffs, like you can't be giving up 10 free throw attempts to this version of James Harden, who most of the time looks like he wants to take mid-range jumpers. Yeah, and he, he was comfortable with that last night. It, it was working. Um you know, I mean, Harden is, is almost in like a LeBron-ish phase of his career, I think, like the LeBron that we've seen in, in these playoffs where you can kind of tell early on, it's like, all right, does he have it? He you, Like LeBron looks different in certain games when he's feeling it. You, know, you think back to that game two against the Warriors, which they lost, but, you know, LeBron is like banking in 35-foot threes. He just looked more athletic. <laughs> that's like, that's what Harden reminded me of in game one, where it's like, oh man, like this guy is like noticeably quicker. He's noticeably more locked in. It. Yeah, I mean, how old is Harden now? Is he 33? Uh, I, I don't even like looking this stuff up. Like, all the guys who, like, we grew up with are now, like, yeah, 33. Jeez, he'll turn 34 in August. Yeah, I think a lot of these, I mean, well, part of this, too, is he doesn't take great care of his body. I think we all know that. Um, hey, but no, we don't. We don't know I, that for a fact. <laughs> we don't know what happens um, in Vegas. Right, we don't. That's true. Um, but, I mean, you know, LeBron takes great care of his body, except he's 38. I, I just... I think some of these guys like Harden, once you get to that kind of stage of your career, if you if you know you have to be that guy for sure, I think it's easier to turn it on. And then the other times there's going to be some coasting um, and stuff like that. But he is, it feels like he's, I mean, he did this year. He settled into a nice role and he's been playing there ever since game one. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, so right now, it, it really feels like Miami is going to take care of the Knicks. I, I think that happens tonight. The Knicks just just feel like a wounded animal to me. They, they seem like they're ready to get out of here. Uh, Sixers are up 3-2. Nuggets are up 3-2. Lakers are up 3-1. I mean, the, the most likely outcome right now is we're getting a Sixers heat and a Nuggets-Lakers uh, conference finals series that, that would be our final four nuggets lakers heat sixers uh, of that four how, how do you power rank those teams well so i think as it stands i would pick the nuggets to win the nba finals so i would put them number one and i so i i assume philly so i assume philly's playing miami um i think philly will win that series I think Miami will give them hell though. So I would I would go Nuggets, 76ers. Uh although it's tough to say. I mean, I don't necessarily have to put East West one two. Uh um, no, you don't. I don't. Uh I don't know. What do you, I mean, I, I want to defer to you for this one first. I would go I would go Nuggets, Sixers, Lakers, Heat. And you know, Nuggets. apologies to the Heat, but I'm a, we gotta we gotta keep this. Well, heat or last. Sorry, yeah, they, they, heat, are, they heat are last. I agree. Yeah, the the Lakers versus 76ers for number two. I kind of flip flop a bit. Um, I, I I think I would I think I would lean 76ers as well, but I don't know if the 76ers and Lakers ended up in the finals. I guess we're saying that the 76ers would be favored in that series. Um, I think they would be. I think they have the better team. I don't yeah, know. They, I mean, yeah. It would be a fascinating series to see Harden versus Davis, who are like the two, the two most like <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde stars we've ever had. But they wouldn't be guarding each other, of course. Um, I don't know. Like Davis and Bede, Harden, LeBron, Lonnie Walker, DeAnthony Melton. I don't know. That that would be a hell of a series. I, I'm, I'm kind of rooting for that, actually. That would be a really fun series. I mean, I think it's going to be Nuggets 76ers, but Lakers 76ers will also be a really fun outcome. I mean, Nuggets Sixers is great too. Like if it, I mean, like we could I mean, back yeah. our way into the Jokic Embiid finals, yep. and that would feel and that would feel like not a disappointment, but it would just like nobody ever even considered that that was like a real possibility coming in. No, but it's like it's what everyone wants, right? Every that's kind of what I think everyone everybody wants to have. I mean, I I would worry the debate would get out of control and yeah. uh, more cancerous than it even was um, in the middle of the season. But like, I it would. Uh, I don't know how the ratings would be necessarily. It's tough because like Philly's a big market. Denver's not, but you have this debate between the two guys going and I think two very complete teams as well. Um, I would love that. And I, that's, that's what I would bet on. I think among like big time basketball fans, that would be like the highest rated series ever. You know, like who, like if you really care about the NBA, like you are absolutely locked into that. But yes, like is, is my, is my dad going to give me a call after game three and be like, man, I, I, I thought that third foul on Embiid was bullshit. Like, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think he's going to be locked into that series. Uh, speaking of the West and the nuggets, really impressive game by Denver last night. Uh, this, this was kind of the, the first real time in the series when it just, it looked like Devin Booker was just out of gas. 
by the end. Um, I mean, he's been so, so good in these playoffs. Like it, it says a lot that this was far and away his worst game. And he had 28 points and four three-pointers and eight of nine at the line. I, I thought like two separate times, it looked like he got banged up, kind of landed awkwardly on his foot later in the game, seemed to be favoring it. I mean, he was going all out whenever he was on the floor, but once again, outside of Booker and outside of Durant, who Durant was just really not good in this game. Uh, DeAndre Ayton showed up with, with 14 and nine, just an explosive 14 and nine for him. But uh, nobody else really gave the Suns all that much. Like, you know, Terrence Ross hit a couple threes off the bench, but even at that point, you know, those were the type of threes that cut the lead from like 18 to 15. Well, I mean, given the insane effort that Booker and Durant gave in Phoenix, and then they have to go basically like one day of rest up into the altitude yeah. to try to beat this Nuggets team at home. I mean, you know, I we need more I, days I, between games, by the way. This is absurd going every other day for every series so far, essentially. I mean, I know in the first round, some of them were like maybe two days of rest, but every other day for all seven games. I think it's pretty ridiculous. I, I It's weird to me that they they give more rest during the first round. Well, and during the regular season too, right? I mean, yes. like well, all, all everybody cares about is like, hey, the player's got to be in top condition. And then it's like playoff time comes, all that rest stuff goes out the window. A hundred percent. Yeah, they need to uh, they need to find a way to extend this out a little bit. Although, you know, they're going to be adding more games uh, with the in-season yeah, tournament and all that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, yes, I, I think Booker and KD were out of gas and... Again, not that they played horribly or anything, but um, I just Aiden is not going to step up. I'm sorry, it's just never going to happen. And uh, you know, like Payne, Shamit, like again, they need like basically two of these guys off the bench, or <laughs> like two of anybody else to just have like a nice yeah. 15 point game. Uh, and they just can't get that. And I thought they looked gassed on defense as well. To me, that's where I noticed it the most. Oh so many open shots for Denver. Michael Porter Jr. just absolutely open all the time. Um, they're not even closing out a lot of transition stuff. Yeah. So I just tired. I, I think you could almost throw out the fourth quarter of this game. Like it, it, Phoenix actually somehow won the fourth quarter. I'm telling you watching this game, it did not feel that way at all. Uh, this turned into like an AAU game for the final, I would say 18 minutes, basically midway through the third Phoenix kind of waved the white flag. And like, they were, that's where like, you know, those Terrence Ross threes, like they were hitting just enough where it was like, ah, we can't quite give up. Like we're only down 16. But, you know, it's like they would score and then come back the other way. Somehow the Nuggets, like, instantly have a three-on-two, and it's just a wide-open, like, Christian Brown dunk or, you know, Jokic layup. Uh, there's that that play, speaking of Porter, where he got a little bit too excited. Like, somebody passed it up to him, and he threw, like, the worst. It was, like, a three-on-one, and he, like, threw it two feet over KCP's head. And somehow KCP managed to save it and get it to Jokic for just another ridiculous, like, flip-up. Oh, yeah bucket but yeah uh, Michael Porter Jr. was in his bag last night to say the least uh, nobody loves shooting the ball in the NBA more than him the man does not pass um not. and yeah I mean he I, just I mean he he's great because you have to you have to close out hard to him and you need to put size on him because he's he's like KD in the sense where it's like if you have like a six foot seven guy closing out on him MPJ does not even see that guy he doesn't even like process that he's there and that's why they paid him all that money is because he's just such a ridiculous knockdown shooter. I mean, that was his, that was his sort of pro, profile as a prospect. Um, and, you know, with Jokic as a point guard and Murray's a good distributor too, they don't need him to be a passer. Um, not that's something that he'd be good at anyway. Think about how much of a chucker Kyle Kuzma could be, like when you watch him. He, his, his assist rate is three times higher than Michael Porter's. <laughs> Among, among qualified players, Michael Porter has the seventh lowest assist rate in the entire league. The only players 
with a lower assist rate this season were Zubach, <laughs> Jaron Jackson, Clint Capella, Mitchell Robinson, PJ Tucker, and the GOAT, Chris Boucher. 2.7% assist oh. rate for Chris Boucher. Oh, where the hell is Kelly Oubre on that list? Uh, Kelly Oubre is barely ahead of Porter. He had the 10th lowest. Okay. Thank yep. you. Yeah, I mean, so FPJ is like a the rich man's Kelly Oubre. Yeah, he's, he's basically exactly Kelly Oubre, but better on offense and more efficient right. as a shooter. Uh, other thing I'll say about this game, I mean, I think if you watched it, it was it was a pretty easy game to, to kind of follow the general thread. But uh, Phoenix had a chance here because Denver Denver comes out with a great first quarter. Every, everything's clicking. The only thing is like, uh, Jamal Murray actually got off to a cold start. He didn't really do a whole lot in this game until later. But Denver goes ice cold for at least half of the second quarter, if not like three quarters. And you know, they only scored 17 points in the second. I mean, this was a one-point game at the half. And you're thinking, man, Denver came out with all this energy. looked like they were going to run away with it. How are they only up one? Uh, and then things completely reversed in the third quarter. Yeah, this is where, like, you watch the game and you see, like, Denver's getting good looks and they just miss. Like, this is where, uh, you know, we don't have an opportunity because we're not in a state that allows live betting. But those are, like, the live betting opportunities where you're like, Denver is clearly still outplaying Phoenix. They're just missing shots. Um, and you're right. It was just... Phoenix got back into the game in the second and it was, I mean, you know, whatever they, whatever teams are back in a game, it feels um, mm-hmm. like they could build a momentum and, and turn the tide, but it just, it so quickly dissipated later in this, in the first half. And then the third quarter is when things really busted open for, for Denver. Got a little chippy at times too. That was good to it see. Did. I mean, Booker, Booker and Murray were going back and forth, like basically the entire game, um, which, you know, I have no problem with it. Never, it never like got over the top or anything. Um, but yeah, it, it, it felt like a beatdown, man. I mean, there were three or four times where Denver was just like running past Phoenix. And I, I, I just like, I feel pretty good about Boston, at least, you know, making this a really close game, if not winning tomorrow night on the road at Philly. Like, I, I gotta be honest. I wouldn't be shocked if Phoenix comes out flat and is just, just completely out of gas in game six. So I, I wouldn't be shocked by any result in game six. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Phoenix won. Um, just because I think Durant and Booker have that sort of mu- that that much offensive juice, and um, Denver, you know, they could be sloppy or la- lazy defensively. Like it could just end up being one of those games. But I would, you know, even 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 though I picked Phoenix to go to the NBA Finals and win the NBA Finals, at this point, I would be surprised if Denver drops this series. Yeah, I, Denver's three and a half point dogs on the road tomorrow. I, I think that would be that might be a rare spot in the playoffs where I, I jump on a road dog plus one forty on the money line. I, I I just I think Denver like they I don't see them losing focus here because they've been working so hard to get to this point. Like I, I don't I don't think this is the time that they would just have one of those games. Maybe maybe you're right. I mean maybe I'm underrating Kevin Durant of all people, but I also think I mean it's it's really weird to see like we're gonna go a whole series and like Kevin Durant was very clearly not the best player for the Suns in this series. And I mean, he's averaging 31 and 11. So, you know, go uh, really cry him, cry him a river, but um, it's weird, man. Like when's the last time Kevin, like every single playoff series of his entire life, he's basically been the best player. Um, And I don't, I don't think he's like moving into a new phase or anything, but it's just been, it's been weird to see him shoot 45% from the field, 22% from three now over five games. Do you, do you think this is the hardest he's ever had to work for shots? Ooh. Yeah, I mean, probably. I, I think you could you could say you know some of those OKC series like when they played uh, they played the Warriors like his final year before he jumped over there. Yeah, I think that was that was like the Clay Game Six where they they blew the lead. Uh, obviously, that final series against the Heat, you know that that Miami defense was ridiculous, and he was you know much younger at that point. But uh, yeah, I mean, since 
since he probably left OKC, this is about as, as difficult as, as it's been, right? I mean, some of those net series were, were kind of weird because guys were in and out with injuries. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, he certainly looked better the last two years in Brooklyn than he has in Phoenix. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it doesn't even really feel like he's ever that open. Like they're not, it doesn't feel no, like they get downhill at all. No, and he's always taking these like mid range, like contested. Yeah. You know, I mean, and for him, those are like layups for a lot of other people, but it's just they can't get him downhill towards the rim. He's not getting any layups whatsoever. It's just, you know, I mean, him or Booker to an extent. I think Aaron Gordon deserves a lot of credit for that, too. I mean, he is. Yeah. He's kind of that guy that physically, I think you say like, oh yeah, he should be able to guard guys like LeBron and Durant. And like, man, he has backed that up, dude. He has been, he's been all over the place. You're totally right. Like KD's had a couple, you know, open threes, breakdowns every now and then, but I feel like all those looks are coming in transition. Um, You know, I mean, if anything, he's kind of been on the other end. Like he, like he got blown by by Bruce Brown last night for a layup. Oh yeah. That was, that was kind of one of those like, and one crowd, crowds like, oh, type of moments. Uh, but yeah, nothing has come easy for KD, and and obviously the Nuggets' defensive scheme is is uh, gets a lot of credit there. But uh, the job that Gordon's done on him, and then the job that Bruce Brown did on Devin Booker last night, like there was there was one play in the first quarter where I mean Bruce Brown was hounding him all day. He catches the ball ninety feet from the basket. Brown guards him the whole way up, and then Devin Booker you know gets over half court and, and just passes it off to the wing, and Bruce Brown just like straight up shoved him like as soon as he got rid of the ball. It was just like a, it was like an NFL cornerback. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Denver, Denver's got some guys, you know, again, their defense can be a little shaky at times, but they got they got guys who will play physical on defense, like Gordon, Bruce Brown, uh, KCP can get into people a little bit. And, yeah, you mentioned it with Gordon, man. He's in the perfect role in this Denver team. Like with Orlando, they were asking him to do a little too much. Yes. Like I think some of these guys who, like, they were asking him to do that much because he was a high IQ player who had, you know, a pretty versatile skill set, obviously extremely athletic. But I think a lot of those guys just end up thriving more in like off ball roles where they can make smart cuts. They can play, make a little bit here and there, take open shots and like extend, use most of their energy on defense. All right, let's talk. Uh, let's do, do you even want to talk Nick's heat? Like, what do we have to say? <laughs> is, there, is there really anything? I, I have like no notes on this series. I really don't. I, I, you know, I, I, I'm with you. I think, I think I would bet Miami to win this game tonight. Yeah. I just, uh, I, I feel like they've solved New York. New York looks awful offensively. RJ Barrett. It's, it's not <laughs> like the last game. They were almost like intentionally getting the ball into RJ Barrett's hands. Like Miami was trying to get it into his hands. As they should look. And I, I love RJ Barrett. I, I will still, Still to this day, I believe he will be a good NBA player at some point. That that day is not right now, uh, at least not consistently. Like RJ Barrett and Julius Randle is like a nightmare combination. Like when both of those guys are not playing well, they are some of the most damaging players in the league, and they're on the same team, and they're playing 38 minutes a night together. That is not a recipe to win series. Uh, I, I feel bad for Jalen Brunson at times. Uh, some of these other Knicks role players who've shown up. Uh, you know, I, I know on, on the pod yesterday you you outlined how it just hasn't been a great Mitchell Robinson series. Uh, this has just been. Like, again, Miami's not even playing well. They're not shooting that well. Jimmy Butler's having a good, but not anywhere on the level uh, of series that he had round one against Milwaukee. Uh, the, the Heat are, are just scheming the Knicks to death. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you're right about, I mean, Brunson. <laughs> I mean, I yes, I feel bad for Brunson, but he, Brunson is 100% proving that he is capable of, like, like Brunson needs more help. 
Brunson is not the issue. This isn't like a we're losing because Brunson is failing as a number one option. It's like maybe Brunson shouldn't be your number one option, but this is far from his his problem. And some of this is like, again, this roster is just not it's just not that good. No, it's not. <laughs> not that the not that the Heat are that good, but they um they're they're just better coached and they have a better they have a better player. I mean, they have like they just the combination of Butler and Adebayo is enough to just swing the series. All right, my, my neighbor's firing up the lawnmower, so we got to go quickly through this last segment. Let's just do a little <laughs> bit on Warriors-Lakers, then we'll get out of here. Um, that, that game will be played in just a matter of hours here, so chances are by the time you're listening to this, you know the result. I'm expecting a Golden State victory. Uh, however, I, I don't know that we get a, a a blowout scenario. You know, Warriors at home in the playoffs, historically, they've, they've come up big in these spots. We saw them, you know, win in a romp in game two, but as tired as LeBron and AD and the Lakers are, I, I think the Warriors seem just as gassed at the end of that last game. Um, you know, this game, the, the line is at seven and a half right now. I, I, I very firmly believe the Warriors win, but I, I think we get a pretty close game here. I, I think it's, it's worth it for the Lakers to, to really push for this one. Um, you know, it, it's tough to get yourself in that mindset when you don't technically have to win. Uh, but the, you know, the idea that you, you could kind of get the rest advantage on Denver uh, or Phoenix for the next round, I, I think is big. And just you just don't want to put yourself in that situation. I know you're at home in a game six, but, um, you know, th- these games have all kind of been 50-50s to me. And I, I don't think you want to just bank on like, oh, well, well, we'll just easily win game six at home. Like that, that has gotten teams into trouble before. I do think the Lakers should consider themselves lucky that they're up 3-1. I mean, like you mentioned, two of these games were really competitive, kind of came down to the wire. The other two were blowouts. They end up 3-1. I'm with you. I think Warriors win, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't take that minus seven and a half. This is kind of like Philly Boston last night. Um, I, I would. I mean, the Warriors have to. Like, what do the Warriors do? What's the move? Like, they they tried. Like Kerr. I think before we before we uh, heard the Gary Payton lineup change, mm-hmm. I think I said to you, I think all the cards have been played. Like, what do you even do? And Kerr is like. Not true. I am benching Kevin Looney and playing Gary Payton in his place. That is my card. Uh-huh. And I, I think to an extent that went well, like he did really well. He shut down D'Angelo Russell completely, who went one for 10 shooting. The problem was everybody else on the team just played really well and um, Clay didn't step up. Like Curry was out of his mind in this game and the Warriors going to get a win. Yeah, I mean, like, look, I – if you could shut anybody down, you should, but like, I don't know if the whole scheme has to be like, we can't let D'Angelo Russell beat us. Like, you know, I would maybe worry about Anthony Davis or LeBron. Uh, I mean, Austin Reeves, I thought had a great second half. Uh, you know, certainly they weren't prepared for Lonnie Walker, but uh, I just like D'Angelo Russell, as far as I'm aware, is, is kind of a, a glorified player for this team. Like, I, I don't, I don't know that the Lakers like live and die by D'Angelo Russell. And I, I think that was borne out in, in the result of game four, but yeah, you're right. I mean, Golden State's totally out of chess moves. At this point, uh, the one the one thing that they haven't done is play Kaminga, but I, I think maybe that gives you a little bit of juice defensively. I, I don't know what you're getting offensively. Uh, I mean, certainly like, the issue is they needed offense in game four. Like It's, it's not like the Lakers were, were just shooting the lights out. They were 24% from three. They were 45% from the field. Uh, Golden State shot the ball better. Uh, they just, you know, they like you said, Clay Thompson missing some shots at some really bad times, killed them. Uh, I mean, Steph Curry, for as great as he was as a distributor in this game, was three of 14 from three. Uh, if those guys just hit two more shots over the course of the game, I think Golden State wins. So 
you're totally right. The, the Lakers have not dominated the series by any means. They're, they're very, very lucky. They, to me, they, you know, there's been two 50, 50 games, game one and game four, and the Lakers have found ways to win them both. And I, I think I view tonight as close to a 50, 50, maybe, maybe 60, 40 warriors game six, game seven. If we get them, those are 50, 50s. If you're the Lakers, I, I don't want to, I don't think you want to keep pressing your luck in those situations. You don't. Um, yeah, Golden State's only scoring 109 points a game in the series, which is crazy. The Lakers um, have been awesome on defense in the playoffs. So we'll say that. I mean, I, I I still have some major concerns about this team, but defensively, I mean, they they are a problem when Anthony Davis is rolling. Well, they, I mean, they're really scheming the Warriors to death here. They're they're just really trying to force all these guys to make back cuts. You know, Clay, Curry, all the shooters. They're like, we don't care if you get open back cuts because guess who's at the rim? Anthony Davis. And we know you guys, like, Curry's a decent finisher, but he's not like a, I'm going to drive straight into Anthony Davis's chest and finish over him finisher. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, I- I'm going to snake around you and do, like, my BS. I jump in front of you and you trip over me and the ref calls it a foul thing. Um, and Clay, like, Clay's not that finisher either. Wiggins is really the only guy in this team who I trust to go downhill, go into somebody's chest and, like, make a layup. But he's been relatively quiet in this series. And... um I just don't, I, you know, the Warriors can, they can get hot from three and they can win two games in a row here. That wouldn't shock me, but it's just hard to dig yourself out of this hole when it, when the other team has clearly schemed for you and that scheme is working. Yeah. Darvin Ham out scheming Steve Kerr, just, just <laughs> as we expected. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll break that down more on the Roadwire NBA show. You can hear that at 7 p.m. Eastern over on Sirius XM NBA, channel 86. Uh, we'll be back uh, probably, probably early next week. Uh, I guess. So enjoy your time in DC, Alex. Uh, I will be playing a ton of golf this weekend. I'll make sure to report my scores to you, but uh, enjoy DC and we'll chat next week.